0: This is the Ty Butler Show on ninety eight point seven ESPN.
1: Locally, we have the Jets taking on the Chiefs Sunday Night Football, and you know, it's it's do or die for this team. If you fall to one in three, anybody have aspirations or hopes that this team can turn it around? I know no one's expecting them to beat the Chiefs, but at the very least, you want to see Zach Wilson who. By every metric has, you know, since he's been drafted, been the worst quarterback in football. You want to see him look functional. You want to see him channel something inside of him with the entire world down on him. You know, his teammates, you know, the media, the fans. You got the opposing player, Willie Gay, calling you out. Tried hard to walk it back, but he called you out. So we'll see what Zach Wilson has and puts on full display tomorrow night. Jets. At home against the Chiefs. They're eight and a half point dogs on Sunday night football. Giants, they're a home dog as well. Monday night against the Seahawks. Big game for the G Men. All too familiar territory. We talked about this going into Arizona. How do you start the season now one and three with losses to Dallas, to um to San Francisco? And now to Seattle, a team you're going to be battling for a wild card with. How do you start the season one and three and then go to Miami, to Buffalo, home for Washington, and right the ship? I just don't think it's going to happen. Those are big games in week four for our two local teams, and I'm excited to see it. We just talked about the Yankees with you know decision, the the decisions that await them in this offseason, where they're going to miss the playoffs. And now I have to watch... the juggernaut that is Atlanta, how are they able to every single year figure it out despite injuries? Watching again that the the Dodgers win 100 games and get to the playoffs every single year. They're in the conversation and in your own division. Now Baltimore, a couple of years ago, they won 50 games. Now they're 160. They were the first in the first place in this division. Got the Rays who are in it every single year. Blue Jays. So these teams have, have leapfrogged past you. And you're going to tell us that this was a one-off? No, it's not a one-off. So hopefully the audit can find where the corrections need to be made and the Yankees can make those big decisions. Because clearly what's happening right now is not working. And then on the basketball front, for all the people who criticized Giannis for his comments, how are you feeling now? Because he called his organization out. He said, you know, don't don't just put it set in stone that I'm going to re-sign here. I need everyone to continue to, to be committed to winning championships. And it worked. Because do the Bucks land dame if Giannis doesn't flirt with leaving? Now Milwaukee goes from being arguably the favorite in the Eastern Conference to being the clear-cut favorites in the conference. Vegas has them favorites to win the championship altogether. I mean, the... the 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 duo it's a it's a it's a perfect fit with him and Dame. How are you stopping them in pick and roll? I think there are some concerns with this team with Middleton, you know his injury history the last couple of years with the wrist and the knee. Giannis late game free throw shooting. They've got a rookie head coach in Adrian Griffin, and you know chemistry issues that need to be worked out. They're an older team, so I don't think it's like a wash like you know cancel the season, give them the trophy now. But they're definitely the favorites. And now, you you know, you, you look at the fact that Dame hasn't played more than 67 games in the season since 2018. Now, part of that is the COVID-shortened year. So maybe it's unfair to just use that as the benchmark. But I, I think that's something you have to account for. But, you know, why it matters here is it, it essentially ends the chapter on the Giannis to the Knicks rumors. Unless something catastrophic happens where it just completely falls apart. In Milwaukee, I, I don't see him wanting out. They're going to be in the championship conversation every single year. And, you know, th- why would you want to leave that situation? Where you've proven you can win in Milwaukee. And now you added one of the best point guards into the you know in the league to your team. A guy who's only been to a conference finals once. And, you know, he's starving to win a championship. So it's everything you could have hoped for. If you're Giannis, you hate to part with Drew, but... It's the cost of doing business. And now the Drew Holiday sweepstakes commence. Boston, I mean, that would be fun, right? You lose Marcus Smart, you replace him with uh, Drew Holiday and still have Chris Stapps, assuming he's healthy. The Clippers, they can't get healthy. But if Kawhi, Paul George, and Drew Holiday can stay on the court together, that would be fun. Miami, you lose out on Dane, but you add Drew Holiday. And then they asked Alan Hahn, should the Knicks be in on Drew Holiday? And of course he should. Uh, of course they should. All NBA defense, first or second, five of the last six years, championship pedigree. He's the best defensive guard in basketball. You love his toughness, his tenacity, and he's a team player. The pairing with uh, the pairing with Tibbs that seems like a match made in heaven. Given all of the traits he exudes, We've got a lot to be encouraged about with Brunton and Randall entering year two of their partnership. Dante Divincenzo gives you some wing depth. 3 and D guy. Josh Hart gives you all of the intangibles. So there's a lot to like with this team. Drew Holiday, add him to the mix. That could be fun. What would it take? RJ, Evan Fournier, plus an assortment of all those first-round picks you have, which the Knicks have seven of. Can you, instead of including RJ, give them Emmanuel quickly, maybe Mitchell Robinson? I'd be all over that. I'd be all over that. 800-919-3776. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. So whatever you want to weigh in on, uh, on, it's all on the table. Basketball, baseball, football, you name it. Here we go to the phone lines. Let's go to uh, Jose's in Brooklyn. What's up, Jose? Hey, what you going on, Ty? Good afternoon. How are you doing today? Doing all right, man. What's going on?
2: I'm doing all right. Shout out to the company. Just talking about, you know, I was just hearing earlier in the show all the football taking. It just had me laughing because... At this point, I'm just like we we, we our, our eyes see what our eyes see, so we're not just gonna you know continue to exacerbate you know why why the situation is the situation, because I I don't I don't like I don't I don't like the idea of blaming everyone else when it, the, it, it's very clear that the metrics show he's getting four seconds, and then it takes him three seconds to actually get rid of the ball, so that means he really only has one second to make a decision. And that's kind of on him, not really on the offensive line or anything else. But it is what it is, right? (laughs) Um, But uh, to transition, I like the transition to the Yankees. I don't see anything changing. I just think uh, – but it, it, it will depend on what – but I do agree it will depend on what um, Aaron Judge says because if if Aaron Judge said that there has to be a change within the development of the farm system because there were a lot of things that he was taught that he wasn't really necessarily agreeing, I would be all for it because they have – develop- other than Judge and Robinson Cano and a few, like, who have they really, really developed?
1: Yeah, it's not a lot, man. I, and I appreciate the call, Jose. All of the assets that we were sold on being, you know, future stars and cornerstones, they've just fallen by the wayside. Clint Frazier and Luis Severino and Greg Bird and Gary Sanchez and Miguel Indujar, Chance Adams. Like, all of these guys, it's just, I mean, they never turn out to be what the Yankees you know we're we're building them up to be, and you you know you're faced with the reality that these are players you should have traded to go out and get proven stars. You're the New York Yankees. That's what you've been always known to do, always known to do, and it hasn't happened. I found this interesting from that article. Short of a championship, Boone has piled enough up enough wins since 2018 to keep his job. That's why the source said, "How would prefer not to fire Aaron." That's uh, you know from the Bob Cl- Clapish article. Short of a championship, what happens to championship or bust? We're talking about regular season wins. So to me, that tells you all you need to know about whether or not the Yankees still view themselves, you know, with that mantra as championship or bust. If we're getting that that he's piled up enough wins since 2018 to keep his job, and how would prefer not to fire him? because of regular season wins, then come on. The mission statement has changed. Boone, I'm not saying that he is the primary reason for all the failures, but you're the manager of the team. You missed the playoffs. You finished in fourth place in your division. At best, you're going to finish, what, a game over five or two games over 500. Uh, Some of that has to be on you, right? He's a player's manager. Everyone loves him. I get that. But when things get rocky, is there enough of a fear factor there? Is he inspiring, you know, people, or you know, to, to come out of slumps like when when they're on a nine game losing streak? And he walks into that locker room. And part of it is unfair because we don't know what he's saying to the team, but because they love him so much and and they love him as just like you know he's one of the guys. Is he doing enough, or is he in position with the type of relationship he has with the guys? Is he in that position where he can shake things up? I, I just don't know the answer to that question and that's something the Yankees have to figure out. Ray's in Brooklyn. What's up, Ray?
3: Yo, Tom, my G, what it is, man. Listen, um, I called about an NBA point. I wanna agree with you on some of your NBA points, but man, don't get me started with that wannabe nineteen eighties overweight porn star, wannabe in uh, you know, the the pitcher. I won't even say his name, the pitcher you were discussing that um that we signed, but yeah, I'm gonna transition on. <laughs> yeah, Cause were done to the NBA. Yeah, bro, that, Oh my God, don't get me started. Todd. But anyway, so I agree with you that there are concerns with um with Milwaukee, and I'm gonna tell you, it's more than just Giannis, and but it has a lot to do with Giannis. Uh, you know, turnovers down the stretch of these big games, not wanting the ball, you know, because like he doesn't want to take the free throw, step up to the line, stuff like that. So that's in the, you know, that's a concern within itself. The Middleton thing it's factual as well. But let me just tell you, let me actually let me preface by saying this. Ty, you know your hoops, man. If you're an all time NBA player, um, should you be 0-10 in the playoffs against anybody? Aren't you like, for example, let's say Patrick Ewing was going up against, you know, arguably the greatest player of all time. You know, people want to argue Jordan, LeBron James. That's fine. They're one and two. So Patrick Ewing was going six and seven games and we still crucified this poor guy right mm-hmm. and he was going against the best player and possibly the greatest team in history so um for somebody to be 0-10 against one of your you know against against one of your foes in the playoffs uh it that guy is Damian litter against, <laughs> against steph State, against steph
1: yeah yes! I, the conference finals Five. what was that Twenty fifteen I think he got swept it was either fifteen or sixteen where the Blazers got to the conference finals and he got swept. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Three straight sweeps. If you're an all time player, you have to be good enough to win one game per series. But hey, at this point when you're all ten, I would have took one win out of three <laughs> series. So he's he's got a lot to he's got a lot to prove. Um I was talking to Chantel and she, you know, and she said I made some good points. Listen I don't know where Dame time came from because, like, that's regular. You saw my Yankees in regular season stuff. He's built, you know, his, his, uh, his reputation is built on hitting big shots, primarily in the regular season. Ray, he hit because... two of the
1: biggest shots in the playoff. I mean, he hit a buzzer beater to beat the Thunder, and then he, he hit that shot against the Rockets that knocked them out in Game 6 that sent Dwight Howard and, right. and James Harden home. Like, he's hit multiple no, no, game series-clinching shots.
3: But Ty... Dwight Howard and, and James Harden weren't there. They were up 3 1 in that series. They both got hurt in game five and missed the rest of the series. No, they so weren't. The no, 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 he no, no, no. no, no. Out of the second round. They I were there.
1: No, Dwight Howard was on the court when that shot happened, right? He was there. I, definitely James, James Harden was not, Ty. You would have to look.
3: And, and Dwight Howard was a washed up version of himself. He wasn't interested in playing Look, I'm not 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 disagreeing with you.
1: I'm not disagreeing. I appreciate the call. I'm not disagreeing with you in terms of, you know, he needs to have a playoff resume. He cannot, which is why it was important for him to get out of Portland. You cannot retire as one of the best players in this generation, one of the best point guards in this generation, and have one conference finals uh, appearance on your resume. There's more to be done. But I'm just... You, challenging you on this idea that you know the Dame Time you know, moniker was built in the regular season. No, he hit two big shots to the playoffs to clinch series wins. That's what that was birthed. 800 Back to your phone calls when we return right here on 98.7 ESPN.
2: This
0: is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7
1: ESPN.
3: Hey, uh, what's up, Ty, man? Thanks for taking my call.
1: No problem, man. What's going uh, on? Um,
3: the Jets season's over, man. I'm a big Jets fan. It's over, and we want to play GM at this point because they keep running Zach out there. So I wanted to let I wanted your opinion on this. So if we get a top ten pick, which we probably are, because we might only win five games, um, we should get Marvin Harrison Jr. That way we have Garrett Wilson and Marvin Harrison Jr. And then in the off season, we either Make a play to get Bakhtiari, or we get Hyron Smith, and then that's how we, you know, make a line better, and then just all go for
1: twenty-four. Because Mike just, Bakhtiari's coming off, yeah. Bakhtiari's about to have surgery again, I think, and he's been injured the last. I'd rather
3: of- have Bakhtiari coming off of a season where he doesn't play than what else we got out there.
1: Yeah, and but hitting, with all that man, you Dwayne just Green
3: Browns the reason why Aaron Rodgers isn't playing. Yeah, you would go out there. What
1: with, with that man, I appreciate the call, Mike. You would just go out there and draft the tackle if you finish high in the draft. You know, and as, as as good as Marvin Harrison is as a receiver, you got to prioritize your offensive line. You're not gonna, you know, put all your eggs in the basket of a guy in, in Bakhtiari who's been. You know, plagued by injuries the last couple of years, and he's up there in age as well. And I get the chemistry between him between him and Rodgers, having played in Green Bay. I just don't think that that's the answer. Ericson Staten on What's up, Eric?
0: Hey, what's up, Ty? Um, I had a quick point about the Yankees, which you were talking about before. Uh, but first, I just wanted to say the guy talking about daytime, time, he must have forgot the wave to Paul George in, in yeah, Oklahoma and
1: City. The, and the playoffs. Yeah, he knocked <laughs> the OKC out yeah. the playoffs and the Rockets. He, the he knocked them out the playoffs from the logo. From the logo. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. I, uh, I brought that up to him, but he, he wasn't trying to hear it.
0: And the Yankees' point, uh, I mean, I'm a Met fan. I'll preface it by saying I'm a Met fan. But the Yankees' point, um, you know, I was telling the screener that the the, the game is now built on – younger players that you bring up from your farm system. And I think the Yankees mistake was not pivoting the way the Mets did. And we'll see how it works out, but not pivoting and saying, you know what, let's dump off some of these guys and let's refill our farm system. And let's get some of these young, exciting players that are taking over major league baseball. Look at Cincinnati, look at Baltimore, look at the Braves. Money's great. You can add pieces where you need them later. But you have to start building from the farm system up. Buying a championship doesn't work anymore.
1: Yeah, they, they made mistakes. Think- I'm sorry, say that? Say that again?
0: And I think that's that's their mistake. Uh, like you said, a lot of their guys didn't work out. Frazier, Florial, a lot of these guys haven't, you know, they haven't pivoted on those guys when they needed to. And, you know, you made that point before. But now it's time to replenish. You, you know, all those guys came up and went. And who do you have down there now? You should have traded guys like a Lemayhu, guys like a – I know just, Stanton's
1: untradable. But. Just, yeah, they, that's the problem, Eric. You just hit it on the head. It's just the, you don't have a lot of desirable players that you can trade, and I appreciate the call. Who wants Lemayhu's contract? Stanton. You, did you watch Stanton this year? He can hit home runs, but he can't run, can't play the field, and you know he's good for at least two IL stints. Rizzo, does anybody want him? He's going to miss half the season. The Yankees don't have those aging veterans who are still productive enough on contracts that don't sink you. Like the Mets had ex- expiring contracts, so it was easier for them to to get rid of those guys. Yankees don't really have that. Their best asset right now is Glaber Torres, and you know he he I mean, he might end up getting traded. Jay's in Brooklyn. What's up, Jay?
4: Hey, how are you doing?
1: Doing well, man. What's going on?
4: All right, just continuing to what you guys are talking about um, with the Yankees. Um it's time to, I know you're talking about but it's time to get rid of the non productive players, like the Severinos. I mean, how long are we hold Severino's
1: expiring, guy? so he's done at the end of this year. He's not coming back. <laughs> <here.
4: laughs> it's about time. Now, also like the Stantons, right, and even the Germans, it's time for the circus act to just go away. He's, he's, he's in his own way. all right? now. The difference between last year and this year, you know, last year when they had that 52 and 18 start, there was still a flaw in it because if you look carefully, boom, none of those pitchers, with the exception of Cole, lasted more than four innings. You can't win like that because what happens is when you wear that bullpen out too early, as you saw in the second half, it started to collapse. Yep. The hitting couldn't hit, and the bullpen could not keep the lead. Britain, which was a good, um, a good bullpen starter, he got a blowing lead. Then you have Aaron Boone banging the table, talking about we're going to get this together, and guess what? Houston just wiped out that pitching. They yeah. need to. They need to. They need to redevelop now. If you look carefully now, King and Schmidt, they're keepers. Believe it or not, they may not have. They may not. Oh have no, they teams showed teams you. Like
1: a, they've they've shown you a lot this season. Exactly,
4: they've Especially shown you Schmidt, a
1: lot this season.
4: Only thing with Schmidt, if you really, if you watch him carefully, he just wasn't comfortable, and that's due to that whole 10-second ten, ten pitch or there's some penalty nonsense. Because if you look. Most of his pitches were rushed. Now, if they got rid of that whole ten pitching thing to just stop speeding up the game, if he was more comfortable, they're not getting rid of that Jay. More. They're not getting rid of it's, that. It's, it's helped the it's game.
1: An, it's quickened you know. It, it's, it's quicken the pace, and it's, it's been a it's been a win for baseball. I appreciate the call, Jay. I'm with you. Schmidt and and King have been, you know, two of the brighter spots in a lost season. Obviously, you, you know, what Judge and 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 uh, Cole, what, what were able to do, but from As far as learning about, as you term, keepers, Schmidt and King are definitely on that list. Let's go to Anthony in Staten Island. What's up, Anthony?
5: Hey, um, good afternoon. Um, It's kind of funny that that last call. Totally agree with him, but the guy before that, where he said the Yankees haven't pivoted. I mean, listen, they got rid of Hicks, they got rid of um, Donaldson, uh, Bader, and they brought up their uh, you know guys that people didn't think were coming up. No, the point was that they they should
1: have done so sooner. Like, there are a lot of guys, and it was something I talked about earlier, like, there are a lot of guys on this team who we were told were supposed to be stars, and the Yankees held on to them too long, and they just never panned out.
5: Yeah, I can agree with that. I mean, I, I personally think one of the major issues this year was they let Sevy go, like, three, four, maybe five games, and, you know, where he would go out first inning, give up four or five runs. And I, I think if, you know, if maybe you didn't have those games, I mean, you know, maybe we'd be in a different spot, but... You know, the other thing, too, is they, you know, I do think they have pivoted internally. And, and people just haven't seen the fruits that I live yet because you, you have guys like Spencer Jones and you got guys like George Lombard or, or even uh, this other kid that they just drafted this year, Rock Rigio. Look into those guys. They look like gamers. They don't, like, they don't look like just solid home run, you know, just big home run hitters. But anyway, the point, the reason why I called was, was um, with Aaron Boone. You know, listen. The guy, the guy doesn't. He's. Not, it's not his fault. He, he's not. He didn't. He didn't construct the roster. And if you look at guys like Cole or even Judge, I mean, they they stick up for him, right? He sticks up for them during the games, and 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 they seem to have his back too. You look at guys like Cece, right? Who's been really outspoken about Aaron Boone being a a, a guy that they should keep. I mean, the majority of people in baseball seem to think that he's. Yeah, Listen, the days of, of a manager just managing and it not being the front office are, are over. And, and and if you were to tell me, hey, listen, we're going to get a guy and we're going to let him manage, then maybe it'd be a different story. But we know that whoever they bring in, and it's not just the Yankees, it's all the baseball. I mean, front offices and analytics is, is pretty much taken over. Here's
1: my so thing, Anthony. I, I, everything you're saying is logical. It's just I, I'm forced to listen to what... The head honchos in the, organ- in the Yankee organization are selling us. They fired Girardi fresh off of a, a, an appearance in the championship series, getting to Game 7 in a year where no one expected him to do anything. They fired Girardi, and Boone's job was to get them to the next level. He has not done that job. So by their own standards and how they measured things when they brought, when they brought him into this equation, he's failed.
5: Yeah, I, I, I could agree with that. I mean— but here's the thing. Uh, do do we really believe that those standards are really what – I mean, listen, they, they've also told us that it's championship or bust when we know that the last five years, ten years, it's been more about, hey, let's be competitive and let's get into the playoffs. We could see that, right? So I, I think with Girardi, I, I think that you had a situation where he was a little bit more from that old school, and I think that maybe they saw that he wasn't relating to the players, but – I mean, if, if the star of your team, like Aaron Judge, likes Aaron Boone, and and, and you're and, and whoever you bring in, you're still going to be calling the shots and telling them what to do, then then really what are we doing? You know, like I said, listen, I, 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 my, my opinion doesn't matter, but at the end of the day, you know, if you're telling me you're going bring in a guy like Buck Showalter or whoever, whoever's out there, I mean, and you're going to let him just do his thing, then absolutely, let's try something new. But, I mean, you're not going to – they're not going to let – Anybody just take over and and decide what they want. So anyway, listen. That that's just my point. But that's uh, uh, a great call, Anthony.
1: No. I appreciate the the insight. I appreciate you, you chiming in on the show. Listen, I'm not saying it's all Boone's fault, but people keep telling me he's a good manager, and I'm still waiting for them to tell me what he what he's good at. What's he good at? I'm not saying he he. Should be fired based on, like, if you do the pie chart thing, he he's most to blame. I'm just saying, like, if the standard is still winning championships, it's been a failed season, I think you clean house. 800-919-3776. Ty Butler going to 6 o'clock right here on 98.7 ESPN. This
0: is the Ty Butler
1: Show on 98.7 ESPN. All right, final segment of the show. Ty Butler here, going with you until 6 o'clock. Uh, it's been an exciting one today. I, I thought weeks ago we would be coming into this thing previewing a, a fun Sunday night football matchup between uh, a, maybe a 2-1 Jets team, 3-0, and uh, with Aaron Rodgers against the defending champion Super Bowl uh, champs led by Patrick Mahomes. But unfortunately, we do not have that, and it looks like it is more likely that Zach Wilson, this will be the final time he's under center wearing a Jets jersey as a starter. Looks like that's more likely than him doing what we all hope he's going to do, and that's silence the haters. Because that's been the conversation, you know, coming into this game. Can you channel something to silence the haters? And it started on Sunday afternoon after that debacle in MetLife Stadium. That's so the Jets lose uh, a heartbreaker to the Patriots once again. 15 straight losses, and it was because their offense was as anemic as it has been with Zach center. And then Joe Namath's tweeting, you know, uh, about the game and he's tweeting about his frustrations. And then he joined the K show on Monday and, and made his voice heard. <laughs> he he made news. It was great for the station, great for the show, great for Michael Dodd and Peter, because he called out Zach. He called out the organization. He called out the coaching staff. And this was something that we knew was going to blow up. And, you know, to Zach's credit, he was asked about it. I, I can't sit here and believe that it didn't bother him. But he did show maturity. He did show that he's going to focus on this game at hand. And, you know, that trickled into what we got from Willie Gay, his comments. He said the Jets look like a team that wants to run the ball. They want to run the football. They have no interest in passing. So if you're Zach Wilson, you have to look at this. And if the, if nothing is going to incite, you coming out there and being extra motivated. Because, you know, forget what the fans are saying. Forget what the media is saying. You've got your teammates reportedly annoyed in that locker room. You've got an opposing player, an opposing player, essentially calling you out and laughing about it. You go from Rodgers to what they have now. They look like a team that wants to run the football. If that doesn't motivate you, If that doesn't inspire some type of a reaction, then I don't know what will. Because you are staring at your career, for all intents and purposes, being over. If you don't find a way to right this ship, if you don't find a way to get this thing going back in the right direction, and I'm not saying you you have to go out there and win the game, but if you continue to look like the worst quarterback in football as the number two overall pick, You've turned your teammates off. You've turned the Hall of Famer, Joe Namath, face of the franchise. Still to this day, you've turned him off. Fans are annoyed. Media is crushing you. The opposing player on defense on the other team, Willie Gay, is calling you out. And if if you still don't find a way to answer those questions, to rise to the occasion, then it's a lost cause, my G. It's a lost cause. I just don't see how you can get up from that. If you go on national television and embarrass yourself the way many people are expecting you to do. And look, the simple answer can be, you know, a little occurs, raise them. Sometimes the simplest answer is the correct one. The answer could just be that he's not capable. We're asking him to do something that he can't do. He should be able to do it as the second overall pick. you sh- Two years removed from that, you should be able to go out there and perform. You should be able to go out there and not look like 31 other quarterbacks are clearly better than you. But maybe he's just – it just can't happen. So we're asking him to do something that is quite literally impossible. So we focused on that throughout the show. The Giants, all too familiar territory, Monday night against Seattle. Home dogs. So that shows you what Vegas – feels about the Giants in relation to the Seahawks. The Seahawks, who, yes, have rebounded from that opening loss in Week 1, and now they are one-and-a-half-point favorites on the road against the Giants, who we learned today will be without Andrew Thomas. He's out, and it looks like Saquon is practicing this afternoon, and the Giants are going to render a verdict on his status at some point on Monday. But this is—I don't want to be hyperbolic— and, you know, turn people off because I'm being dramatic and exaggerating. But doesn't this kind of feel like do or die as far as the, the season is concerned? Because we talk like we do the whole win loss, win loss, win loss projection and figure out ways before the season, you know, how the Giants can get to the playoffs. Is there any route to that that includes them starting the season one and three and all three losses? coming in conference to the Cowboys, the Niners and the Seahawks. You're not winning the NFC East. No one's going to pick the Seahawks to win that NFC West. So essentially you're fighting with this team to get into a wild card spot. And now you're behind them in the standings and then losing the tiebreaker head to head. That's a that, that's that's going to be tough to rebound from if you're the Giants. And then after looking the way that you have the first three weeks of the season, you go out there, you lose to the Seahawks, and now we're asking you to go to Miami, a team that just put up 70 on the Broncos. Might be the best team in the AFC. Now you got to go to Miami and win. Your defense has been terrible. So stop that offense. Good luck. And then go to Buffalo, who since that game against the Jets where Josh Allen turned the ball over four times, they've been one of the... Most potent offenses in football, averaging 37 and a half, game, uh, half points per game. So you got to go to Miami, to Buffalo, and stop those two offenses before coming home to play the Commanders. Very frisky team. Can't just chalk that up to a sweep. So the mountain's starting to get a little high to, you know, higher, starting to get much more steep. You lose this game, I say you're drawing dead. And we just can't have that with both of our football teams. We can't. With the Jets being lousy and the Giants, again, I know we keep harping on the fact that baseball let us down and now football, you know, is is trying its best to mirror that. We can't do that. We cannot have that happen. So for all of us here watching these damn teams, Jets find a way to win the game. Giants find a way to win the game so that we can have something to talk about, need something to talk about. And then we talked about the Yankees as well. Garrett Cole. Locking up a Cy Young, but you know it, it's hard to feel great overall. Of course, you love the accomplishment, but it's just a, another example of you wasting away a a a a stellar performance. It was Judge last year winning the MVP, Cole this year winning the Cy Young, and it's been a waste. And then Carlos Rodon—I mean, what a disaster he was this season. And somehow, some way, he's supposed to get better and healthier. I, I just don't see it happening. But shout-out to Julian. Shout-out to Chantel. What a great show today. Appreciate Alan Hahn for jumping on the program. It was fun to talk to him. Big, big trade in the NBA. Shook up the power rankings. Bucks down to favorites. So I'm excited to see you know, what this season brings. In a little less than a month, I'll be at Nick Celtics. So I'm excited for that. Ty Butler signing off. Talk to y'all tomorrow. I'll be here with Brandon Jacobs going 11-2, to 2, previewing week four in the NFL season, right here on 98.7 ESPN.